Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. This episode is a recording from a coaching session I hosted for social curator users in all different industries all over the world. We discuss everything from speaking to your ideal client at different stages, how to use your story to increase sales, when you should combine brands, and a heck of a lot more. I know you're going to love this coaching session, and I know that you're going to be able to apply this advice to your business too. Let's listen in. Hey, Jasmine, I am Karen, and I am a floral designer and a floral educator from Charlotte, North Carolina. And so back in 2020, when weddings and events really were not happening, our whole industry got completely demolished, um, I pivoted and innovated and launched successfully launched an online intro to floral design course. And I love it. I, I really have enjoyed working with those students. Um, but now that we are back to normal, I'm going to use that in air quotes. Um, <laughs> I really would love to up that side of my business. But the catch is that designing for weddings and events is our golden egg. But mm. I would like to be home with my two little girls and my husband more on the weekend. So trying to find the balance between the two. But that's not actually my question. My question is my ideal client for both planning for weddings or doing the florals for weddings and teaching intro to floral design are the same person, but at two different points in her life. So how do I go about communicating to that same person? Because I don't want to lose them between two accounts because it is uh, it is the same person. But how do I communicate to her at two different points in her life? How do those conversations work? I am obsessed with all of this. I just want to crawl into your skin and wear you like last year's Versace. That is a former line from a real housewife of New Jersey's. Okay. I used to watch Real Housewives back in the day. Okay. 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 I love, love this it. so much. I just want to dive right in. And I feel very compelled because I was there as a wedding photographer wanting a client to stick with me over time. And the person that I was speaking to was still that very person. And Karen, I feel like I just want to just get in and create this content for you, but I'm not going to because <laughs> nothing would be more amazing than for you. And now this is a long game, but if you execute it, you're going to kill it is as you are sketching and meeting with your client as she's planning her wedding for 2022, you are having a videographer shoot some behind the scenes of whatever the consultation looks like. And then you could do it on your iPhone or hire a videographer for you to do the installation on the day of. And then you're going to be interspersing photos from that wedding photographer in the before, the middle, and the after. And then this is where the real content comes in. You're going to teach, what is your dream customer, like your ideal client profile? What's her name? Her name is Samantha. Great. So after, now Samantha's not part of that front end process other than like the consultation and how she sees her flowers. And then the rest is going to be on Karen and your production team to put it all together. And then you're going to bring your students be like, Samantha and I worked together in 2022. She had a vision for this. Now, what we saw in her space was this. And you're like, I understand that you're not planning a wedding, but Samantha's style is X, Y, and Z. And now what Samantha wants to do as she's planning her very first Christmas as a wife is to incorporate similar sentiments. I am inviting Samantha in and I'm going to teach her how to create a wreath. I'm going to teach her how we're going to style our Christmas table. I am going to teach her how she can incorporate florals into her wrapping. Whatever your content then becomes, you are teaching your Samantha. 
And then you're going to take snippets of that information, the exact content that you have on the inside of the course. You're going to create a 30 second reel and it's going to be quick. Samantha on her wedding day with her bouquet, Samantha walking in is like husband and wife. And she's going like this. So you're going to leverage either your videographer and you are going to be, you know, as a florist on a wedding day, I love you. And you are amazing and gorgeous, but nobody looks great as a wedding photographer. You're We're sweating. Sweaty. You're oh my gosh. Your so much like sweat. covered in plant and sap. <laughs> I get it. I have been there. Right. But that's yep. what's going to make the video so compelling because it's going to be behind the scenes and you'll be like, okay, let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. Let's unload. You're putting it in. And then all of a sudden it's like, you hear the violins and you see Samantha walking down the aisle and you see her twisting it around. And then behind the scenes afterwards, you'll be like, let's show you how to make this happen. And then you're like, she'll be wrapping the bouquet and be like, Samantha's here. I'm going to teach her how to make a wreath. That real people will just gobble it up. And then all of a sudden they're seeing Karen teach Samantha and they are not the Samanthas, but they want to be the Samanthas. They too want to create a wreath and they too want to do their Christmas table. And there you go. There I love you go. It. I love it. I love it's it. I was showing former clients and teaching them, incorporating them and to being part of your content. Yes. Oh, Karen. I love it. And when I launched all of this, I didn't know who that client would be. And when mm-hmm. I first launched it, I was actually a little bit surprised that 50% of the people that signed up for my course were former brides. And Amen. I'm not talking like Amen. former bride a year ago. I'm talking yep. five, seven yep. years ago. I'm like, wait, you're still here? You're still following along? Oh my gosh. I mm-hmm. love this. I love it. Karen, listen, I still watch Say Yes to the Dress. Yes. <laughs> I have been married like 16 years. Like I, there's this thing, it's beauty, it's yeah. eye candy and it's escapism. And many women look at their wedding day as just the best thing. And they want to carry that with them. And you are giving them that gift to do that and inspiring others to do it the same way. I am obsessed with this idea. I'm obsessed with how you can market it. I think that them, and here's the beautiful thing, is that when you do it with like maybe three or four Samanthas in 2022, and you explain that process, and then you give them the marketing collateral, you make them mini celebrities of your clients. Clients are going to be coming to you to be like, I want to be your 2023, Samantha. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm calling it. It's done. It's already it. done. And the beauty about that is the more that you can, I'm just going to say it how I see it. The more you can celebritize a client, the more you can monetize it on the back end. So if there is a client who comes to you and says, this is what I specifically want, then you get to ask for things that you wouldn't otherwise been able to get. You can contract with her videographer to get back the raw footage so that you can incorporate it into your content. You can contact her photographer and say, part of the agreement is this. Like The more that that person wants to end up on the back end of your creative content, the more that you can ask for, can I take my own photographer? Can I take my own videographer? As part of being a 2023 and 2024, Samantha, we're going to have a four-part series on an interview, and they come to you ready to play your game on your terms. It's already done. I love it. I love it. This is so cool. I never, like, none of this would have ever occurred to me. I love it. I'm, I'm looking at things so statically and not seeing how the bigger picture could come together. So this has really, like, blown my head wide open. I love it. I want to be Samantha. I always told my husband. I always told my husband. I was like, in another life, I am a florist. I tell you. And so I'm just obsessed. I cannot wait to look at some of your content so that you can help me get better. Although I think I'm pretty fantastic. Let me just tell you. I got you. I'm like humble Jasmine. I was like, I I got it. I am humble about all things, but like, girl, give me a wreath. I will. Mm. No. Well, I'll put put together a tutorial. I'll send it your way. Okay. (laughs) That's my tutorial. Stop right now. Karen, how can creatives, how can people follow your brilliant journey online? 
You are so sweet. So my company is Lily Green Thumbs, and I'm at Lily Green Thumbs on Instagram, L-I-L-Y, Green Thumbs with an S on the end. And I'm playing on TikTok a little bit. Um, I look like a total idiot on it right now, but it's fun, and I'm here for it. Oh, Kara, please don't get me started on TikTok. I can just, <laughs> I, I can just sit here and just bowl over all these ideas for TikTok content that you can yes. create with what it is you do. LilyGreenThumbs.com, y'all. Follow Karen. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. You rock. Hello, thanks for this uh, opportunity. I live in Argentina. I'm from Buenos Aires, uh, so I'm a little bit nervous to speak in English, but I'm doing my best oh, <laughs> so amazing. you can understand me. My, I um, help moms with money problems that um, need to know how to uh, make better with their money so that um, they can live. Um, my motto is um, you can live the life you want with the money you have. Oh, you Something can like live that. the life you want with the money you have. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. So my question is, uh, how do I sell to people that don't have the money for my services? They think, sometimes they think they don't have the money and sometimes they really don't have it. Uh, but it's so hard to sell to people with money problems. I was told to uh, change my niche, but I don't want to do that because I really want to help moms and families to do, weather, to do better with their money. But it's a problem for me uh, because I know I can help them overcome those uh, yes. money issues they have. Uh, but they, <laughs> I think I start to communicate that uh, so they don't uh, end up buying from me. Mm. Okay, Celeste, I, beautiful question. And here's the thing. It's not just about your niche or your business. Whenever I put an offer out, I don't sell financial advice, nor is my motto that you can live the life you want with the money you have. And yet the excuse is the same. I don't have money. But not having money is a frame of mind. Because many times what I need to do, what you need to do is to educate how people have the money and they just don't see it, how they can reallocate their money if they so choose, or if they decided to change their value system to apply money to where they wanted to go. Some people would rather have cable television than invest in one of your programs or memberships. They value cable or Netflix more than education. But they don't actually realize that they're making that decision. So when it comes to selling for you and for me, we must overcome the objection, I don't have money, and call out what we think they're spending their money on that's getting in the way of buying your program. So you can say, one thing I hear is that people say they don't have money to learn about money. But they may have money, and then you make a list for fancy coffees, for a, a nice car, a car that costs twice as much as they would be paying or should be paying, the cost of Netflix, the cost of going out for drinks twice a week. And if you were to say that the cost of going out to drinks over the cost of a month over the time of a month is the same as it would cost to invest in the monthly membership where they can learn about money. People then say, oh, 
That's what this is about. Another thing that you could do to overcome an objection is to talk about opportunity cost. What is it costing them to not invest today? When somebody says, okay, Jasmine, I'm going to invest in your course the next time you launch it. No problem. But if I don't launch this course for another six months, how much money could you have made if investing in this course for $197, can you make $197 learning what I taught on the inside of this class in the next six months? If you can, and I believe you can, I believe the return on investment when I sell a course is you do the work that's in here, you will make $197. How fast? you do the work and how fast and diligent you complete it. That will determine how fast you make back $197. So let's talk about your business and see how you're going to come out with $197. You say that to somebody, when you go through and you teach somebody, I can save you $44 a month when you budget. You're not changing your lifestyle. You're simply changing the decisions you make. And when you overcome objections and you teach people for free what they're doing right now, and they say, wow, Celeste just pointed out what I'm doing, but I need help. Then it's no longer a sale. It's a value offer. Are you willing to do the work? When somebody says yes, and you say, I can teach you how to get back what you invested. It's not a sale. It's a promise. Yes. I think a lot about that, but I don't use that word to sell to them. So maybe that's uh, the mistake I was making. And um, now I'm trying to to shift that uh, so that they they can um, how can I say it? they can um, they can invest. It, they know they can invest in my program or my membership I'm launching uh, next uh, month uh, so that uh, they can help their families um, doing many little shifts or many little changes uh, in a month. Mm. And, and I think uh, it is totally possible. Yes. Okay, good. So if you are launching a membership next month, What I would love for you to do before you start selling is to create an Instagram post or a Facebook post, wherever your dream customer is, and you ask them, how much is the cost of your course or your membership? $11 a month. $11 a month. Beautiful. I want you to create an Instagram post and ask them, what would you do if I gave you $11 a month? And then somebody will say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll join a gym or I'll take my daughter out for ice cream every Sunday, whatever. And then when you launch your membership, three weeks later, everybody who left a comment and he said, with $11 a month investment, you wanted to take your daughter out. Can I teach you how you can make or save $11 a month? So you're using their desire and saying, can I teach you how you could save or make $11 a month to pay for this program, create a legacy, and then you repeat. So you could take your daughter out for ice cream. So you can join that gym membership. You're using their desire and teaching them that you can give them the thing they want on the inside of your program. You're using their desires to sell back to them as a value add. Right. Thank you very much. Celeste, how can people find you? Where we're on the internet? I am on Instagram. It's in Spanish, of course. It's the Dinero en Orden. D-I-N-E-R-O-E-N-O-R-D-E-N. That's beautiful. Dot com. 
my website and Facebook, Pinterest, and many others. Celeste, muchas gracias. Es un placer. I wish you all the best. Gracias. Muchísimas gracias. Hi, Jasmine. I'm Sarah Capehart. I'm from Indiana. And I have just started a new jewelry company with the purpose of creating jobs for women in Honduras that have aged out of an orphanage my parents founded 23 years ago. There's a cycle of poverty that's continuing if we don't help these women with opportunity and give them safe and fair wages. So that's why I started Alegria Accessories. Now, my question for you is, how do I go from telling this story to inviting my followers to also get involved by making a purchase? Mm. So, you know, my mentor said this and it rubbed me the wrong way. And then a few years later, I realized that he was right. And there was a time where back in the day, I had sold a digital offering and I led the digital offering with a percentage that of every purchase that we were going to be donating to Children's Hospital of Orange County. I was so proud of it. Very proud. It's what I led with. And he said, people aren't buying into an organization because they would donate on their own. They're going to be buying in to a product that they want or a service they value. You do not lead with something that somebody can do on their own. And if they have not done it, they will not done it because they don't put value on that particular thing. And still to this day, my husband and I and social curator sit as donors to Children's Hospital of Orange County. Something I'm still very proud with, but I don't need with it anymore because I have to find a way to communicate desire and value and benefits based on the thing I'm selling. And the purpose and the mission on the back end supports why as a differentiation not as the main reason. So I'm going to encourage you, Sarah, instead of asking how people can be part of a mission, the question becomes, how can I close more sales by inciting desire for the quality and benefits of the jewelry of Alegria? How do we make Alegria its own brand that competes with the Kiffany and company? That's how big I want you to imagine this. And then When your dream customer is deciding between Alegria and Tiffany and company, they say, Alegria is the same thing that fills me with that. And on the back end, I get to help people in Honduras. That's going to be a differentiation, not the reason why. And so now we take a big step back. And now the question becomes, how do we position Alegria as a brand that stands on its own, that just happens to be creating waves in the world? Do you have a start on how you would do that right now? Anything come up for you? Um, just product-wise, uh, being handmade makes mm -hmm. the jewelry look so different from mm -hmm. what you find when you're, it, it's unique. Also, we can source in Honduras some gemstones and different things that you might not find when you would run to Target or go to a little boutique to shop and see manufactured jewelry. Uh, it's very different when it's handmade. That's beautiful. Right there is just one thing. Now we're going to have to do a little bit more work to find out multiple things, but this right here is just like a bucket of content that you could start highlighting is that what we have here is different than anywhere else and how homemade or handmade products are different. But you want to know what's around? I'm, I actually, I don't know the difference. 
Now, you know the difference because you've been in the game and you might think, well, it's so silly to explain the differences. And I'm saying, no, please tell me the differences because then I put value on something I know goes into it. So you explain to me a tarnish finish or a a refined finish or hand blown or whatever it is. You explain to me the work that goes into it, why it makes it different, why it makes it better. And then all of a sudden I associate a value with that. But first you must educate me on why that is important and how it becomes a differentiating factor. And then every so often when you highlight a story of empowerment of your artisans, now we're not selling to emotional. We're talking about, this is your artisan. She was in an orphanage and now she has a working wage and this is what she does in a handmade product for you. All of a sudden it personalizes the artisan and then I associate more value because of an emotional connection. Again, this is not uh, emotion or charity-based. It's talent. It's quality-based on the back end of the human connection, which I think is very powerful along that. That's awesome. Thank you. That is a complete mindset shift from where I was going, because of course I started the brand with my purpose in mind. It wasn't to create a jewelry company. It was to create jobs. So, but that's not what my clients and customers are wanting to get involved with. So thank you. That's, that's a totally different direction to go. It is, but I want you to step into that power because when you get to the Allergia Jewelry website, you should start there. I began this business And then you talk about the change. I began this business because, and then you quickly realized that the quality far superseded your mission and that the mission, although secondary is so important to you, but your focus is on the customer, that the customer gets amazing pieces of jewelry, knowing that when they wear it, they're not just feeling beautiful and confident that they're actually supporting another woman in another world, having a working wage and stepping into her purpose, that your jewelry is purpose-based to make one woman feel a certain way and make another woman across the world feel another same way. All of a sudden, when somebody sees that on the website, they all of a sudden, now you ask them to care about something that you care about, not out of charity, out of quality. It's powerful. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. Sarah, how can I know girls? I take a deep breath. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Woo. Okay. How can people find Alegria online? Absolutely. We are at allegriaaccessories.com. And that's our hey, website. Can we spell Alegria, please? Yes. A-L-E-G-R-I-A. It means joy in Spanish, yes, which I does. know. Jasmine knows. Um, On Instagram, we are Alegria underscore accessories underscore Inc. And also we have a Facebook page at Alegria Accessories. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. Thank you for making a difference in the world. And thank you. And please know that your legacy far supersedes a piece of jewelry that you're changing people's lives. And many thanks to the your family who created an orphanage. Like what good people there are in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello. So my name is Crystal L. Um, I'm a hairstylist, educator, um, and diversity strategist and the founder of All Hair Academy. Um, I help hairstylists create inclusive businesses where they can make everyone feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I've been- queen. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to interrupt you. I know you're on your flow, but I'm just going to take a moment and just clap that trash up. Good for you. Okay, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so my question is, how do you bring all the brands together when you wear multiple hats within them? So I specialize in helping stylists create the inclusive spaces business, but I'm really good at systems and social media. 
So how do I incorporate that in my message, making sure I stay in the lane of um, diversity, equity, and inclusion? Okay. I love this question. So I'm just going to repeat back what I think I heard, and then you're going to correct me. From what it seems like, what you just heard, what I just heard was that you have three forms of revenue as stylists. So you have folks in your chair. People can hire you as a diversity strategist, and somebody can hire you for systems and social media strategy. Yes. So I have a um, a brick and mortar hair salon. Okay. And I have a digital space where you can hire me, and we have like an actual um, membership program. Got it. And then on social, I'm really good at systems. So people hire me to consult in the area of putting systems in their business. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Currently, I don't need numbers. I need percentage. Okay. How much percentage revenue is people in your chair bringing you? Right now, actually, we just finished this. So with my CFO, I think it was at about 45%. And then of your diversity and membership consulting that ended up this year at like 40. So we launched last year and did extremely well. So your social and systems is like less than five or 6%. Correct. We just do like a planning workshop. Yeah. Got it. And the planning workshop is for stylists. Yes. Okay. So do you like that percentage breakdown? Do you like that? Like 40, 45 and about five? Um, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I, y'all, I was homeschooled. My math ain't right. 40 and 45 is 85, 15%. Do you like that 15% revenue, com- about 15% revenue coming from um, that planning? Or do are you okay with that breakup? Yeah, I'm okay with the breakup. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Then if that's, if that's what you plan on trending for 2022, then the least amount of your social content should be around that planning and social strategy. Because your social should reflect the revenue stream you want to build. And it sounds like you have three different objectives because there could be a stylist who feels really good about like equity in her salon and she wouldn't necessarily go and join your membership. And this stylist probably wouldn't sit in your chair. So then if then that becomes the case, this to me, like that social planning strategy really to me feels like it would be an add-on to somebody who's already invested in your diversity and inclusion trainings, but it wouldn't necessarily mean that you have to give a lot of real estate to it on your social platforms. I think it would be good for like a launch base, like, Hey, we have this program, but in my mind, I would go to the largest revenue streams, which would be people in my chair and diversity and inclusion. So about half and half of your content should be focused on diversity inclusion and what you do and what you teach that point back to the membership and investing you as a strategist. And then the other half could be showing behind the scenes of your chair tools, tips, and tricks so that me as a person who would like to send you to share, can go to your account and not just see like, I think she's great, but she only does diversity inclusion training. But if you really want people in your chair at 45% of your revenue, I would not abandon doing those behind the scene posts and showing like tutorials and showing before and afters in order to ensure that that revenue stream isn't um, forsaken. Okay. I'm going to throw a wrench in your plan here. Okay. I think this is cool. So I, that brings about 45%, but I have no room for expansion. So we are hiring two stylists. So do I still do that on the same platform? If you can bring in 45% of your revenue with your current clientele and you're not looking to expand that, then the goal for me, oh, hot dang, because here's the thing, here's the thing. Last year, that revenue was 45%. There's a really good chance that if you do it well, and if you expand your membership and strategy for your DEI, DEI? yes, Mm -hmm. DEI consulting, then what you're going to do is that your, your stylist revenue will stay the same 
but it'll be less percentage over time because let's say that you're going to make more money in 2022. Well, you're going to take the same amount of money, but it ain't going to be 45%. In Jesus' name, let's just say it's 40, it's 35% because you're going to increase your revenue on the membership and strategy side. And so if then you know I can no longer grow stylist, I'm tapped out, but I can grow the membership, then your social work, what you're putting out on social really should be around your strategy. Should be that's the revenue stream you want to build. And that's where most of your marketing content should focus 100%, especially if you're not taking new clients. Perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That is so helpful. That is really helpful. Yes. Mm, thank that you. is so, so, so good, girl. I'm so, I want more people to know about the work that you're doing. How can we find you online? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at All Hair Academy. And then you can find me at uh, my website also at allhairacademy.com. I love that. Crystal, thank you so much for the magic that you're putting out into the world. Thank you for having me. Welcome back. If you love this episode of the Jasmine Star Show, then you will love the group coaching sessions inside Social Curator. Every single month, I coach users inside of our private community on a wide range of topics to help you grow your business. You can start with a free trial today at socialcurator.com forward slash trial, and I'll see you inside. Mm-hmm.